0: No. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, here to bring you another special guest, one that I am very, very excited to bring on the show. Of course, why would I bring somebody on the show that I'm not excited to have on the show? That's just silly. However, I'm very excited to have our our guest on this week. Eduardo Terralante is a fantastic sound library developer, also an incredibly wonderful guy and uh i'm we we talked at the nam show when he showed me his newest product dark era and uh, I said, you know, I'd love if you'd come on the podcast and talk about it. And he said, well, let's let the dust settle a little bit from the release. Things are usually a little crazy. So uh, we finally found some time in our schedules. He's also my first international guest. He lives in Spain. And of course, I am recording from here in Las Vegas. Now, I have had a dark era for, I want to say, a couple of months and because I've been bogged down with some other stuff, I haven't had that much of a chance to play with it until recently, where I finally really got to get in there and, uh, and, and see what it can do. And uh, the intro that you heard coming into the show actually was created 100% from Dark Era Sounds. And it was just a little thing that I threw together uh, to change up the opening a little bit for this episode and to kind of showcase what you can do with this. The vocals are stunning absolutely stunning and it's stuff that you don't hear like throat singing and and shouts and uh really some good tribal sounding stuff that i absolutely love and uh and the rest of the instruments my god they just they're beautiful they're very playable uh on a keyboard and uh just wonderful to work with really inspiring and that's what i love about eduardo's stuff is that everything has that consistency to it whether it's your taste or not, that's going to be up to the individual user. But the quality of everything is as top-notch as it can be. Crystal-clear production, very playable, even samples, a lot of velocity. Uh, you can really humanize the performances that uh, that you create. So it's definitely, if you're into film scoring... I would say, really, there's probably something in here for every style of music, because even if you're doing like EDM or dubstep, there's some really cool stuff that you could probably utilize there. Um, I was going to do a video walkthrough of uh, some of the patches, but what happened was... The, uh, software that I use to record for some reason is doubling everything. I haven't been able to figure out why, and I'm not going to have, uh, any more time to work on it before this show airs. So I promise if I'm able to get it done, I will throw a note out there, uh, in the, uh, in the Facebook group and, uh, probably some other places as well. Uh, depends on whether I can get that done anytime soon or not, but hopefully that that's the goal anyway, is I really want to give it a different, uh, uh, angle and approach. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to find the link of the walkthrough that Dirk did, and I'll be able to post that in the show notes. I should have looked for that before I started recording; would have been a little smarter, but I didn't. So, uh, Eduardo and I met in—I uh, want to say it was 2014, uh, which is the first NAMM show that I went to, and that was before I actually moved to LA, and. Uh, I had seen his stuff online. Uh, everybody was talking about Forest Kingdom 2 and how great that was for uh, film scoring And, uh, I listened to some samples. I'm like, wow, this stuff is really good. And then I met Eduardo and like, man, this guy's really cool. And it, that's part of it to me. It really makes me want to, uh, enjoy the stuff even more when you like the person that creates it. It has that personal, uh, connection to it. And, uh, definitely, you know, the product has to be there, but if you like the company that manufactures it, or you like the person that creates it, it definitely makes you want to use that stuff even more. And I've got tons and tons of sounds, Uh, but some of the stuff on here is stuff that I don't have anywhere else in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of sounds that I have in my library. Now, I, I mean, you know, you get stuff on sale, uh, you can buy a synthesizer for five or 10 bucks and there's a thousand more sounds or 2000 more sounds. And you really get to the point where you have no idea what you've got. And you go back to the ones that are your favorites, that are your go-tos, the ones that you know that you can trust and honestly, Dark Era is one of those, as well as the other Era uh, products that uh, I'll also hopefully be able to do uh, some video walkthroughs on if I can get this problem solved. So uh, definitely worth checking out if you're a composer. If you're just a fan of music, I would still say go check out the demos to it because it's really cool to just kind of see the tools that we use as composers. And when you hear a film score or when you hear you know something that somebody put out there on an album or a single Um, really, really cool to kind of understand where that stuff comes from. So I would highly suggest, uh, suggest checking it out. Uh, so we'll bring Eduardo on here in a minute. Uh, I also wanted to talk to you guys that are in the Phoenix area. Uh, now I'm, I'm taping this now in the middle of March of 2019. So if you're listening to this after, uh, or may i'm sorry may 2019 uh, if you're listening to this after may of 2019 for those of you in phoenix it will have passed but i will be at uh, phoenix comic-con this year Uh got a couple meetings and some people that i want to see so if you're going to be at phoenix comic-con on saturday of memorial day weekend uh, let me know let's meet up somewhere and say uh say hi and stuff uh i it will be a fairly busy day i would imagine but uh but I'm going to go out and uh and visit. And also uh one of my first guests, Summer Helene, does a panel there every year. Uh usually it's on distribution, uh of more specifically horror film distribution. But it's always fascinating, very interesting to uh, to hear, and she's a really great speaker. So if you're in Phoenix, come down and see that. It'll be on Saturday evening. I'm not sure if it's uh, 7 or 8 o'clock yet, but uh, definitely keep an eye out for that on the boards where they post uh, the different uh, meetings and where they're at. So that being said, I uh, hope to uh, meet some of you guys there, and uh, let's go ahead and talk to my dear friend from Spain, Eduardo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited to have my next guest on the show. We've been trying to sync up for a while, but between him being really busy and me being really busy and a 9-hour time difference, it's always a challenge. But Eduardo, thank you so much for making some time to come on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, my friend. Really good. Pleased to be here and uh, talking to you again. Excellent. And you are uh you're in Spain and of course I'm in Las Vegas. So uh it's uh it's it's what a mm-hmm. uh, good middle of afternoon for you. Yeah, it's uh, 5 p.m. here. Yeah, okay, good, good. Well, uh, I'm really excited because, you know, every year, one of the highlights for me of going to the NAM show is that is the only time you and I get to see each other. And I always get excited because, A, you're just a great guy to hang out with, but you always have some amazing new product that you're showcasing. And this year, at the 2019 NAM, it was Dark Era, which I think, personally... Is the best thing yet that I've heard you do, and what was it that kind of uh, was the idea that inspired you to go in this direction this year?
1: Well, dark uh, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, to me, it's my best library so far. Um, uh, well, you know that every library I I do, it like, um, it's like it's it takes a long time. It's a long time to think about it. It's a long time to to find the right people. So uh, Dark Darukela, especially Rory, has been the the longest one. Uh, it took me. I think the, I started to think about the library like three about three years ago. You know, and I started to 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 find the people to record to start to, with thinking about the concept. You know, because I I told you before that um, when I think of a library, I like to think of a book or a movie. You know, it's not. Just a bunch of samples it's um it's more about uh, a story to tell a story. so that's why I like all my libraries to be uh, um, I, I don't know how to say uh, to be really uh, wide uh, to have a lot of content, you know so I like them to to tell some kind of a story. so dark era um, it's it's about one of my passions but well it's quite. Not, not one of my patients, more, more than one, really, because it's like it's like a, a blend of uh, fantasy and ancient instruments. Um, that's what I really love about Dark Era, you know, because it's a mix between uh, historical instruments from the Dark Ages and also some kind of fantasy stuff, you know, because uh, when you are making a library about this, this it's so ancient, you know, it's like um, there are some... some some fantasy style and some historical style, so it's a really it's a really nice blend about about those both both worlds. So the Al-Kera, to me to me it's really it's really my it's my favorite library so far because uh, well there are so many amazing instruments uh, soundscapes uh, well lots lots of stuff.
0: Yeah, it, it really is, and one thing that I noticed about it from the recording aspect is that. Every instrument and every sound that you have on there can be played beautifully with any other sound and they don't sound uh, like they're not related. You know, like they sound they were recorded at the same time uh, in the same sort of room. Regardless, they don't sound out of place with each other at all. And I really love that because if you're working within that instrument, it's very easy to interchange any sound and make a coherent product.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, that's why I really like to to record everything in the same
0: studio. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm really picky about the sound. I think it's the most important thing about the sample library. You know, if you don't have a good sound, uh, you have nothing. So um, uh, I always say that you can have a 50 gigabyte sample library, but if the sound is not good, you have nothing. Just gigabytes. But in the end, at least when I play. You know what I love is when when the sound is good. You know I'm not so expecting to be a huge library deep sampled or whatever, which is always great. Mm. But what I like is the sound. So I always record in the same recording studio. I'm very picky about that, and um, uh, that's one of the reasons that my library takes so long is because it takes a long time to find the right people and take them and bring them to my to, to the studio. You know to the studio where I record because. So I, I have I have really uh, bad experiences in the past recording in different studios because recording a sample library is not like recording a, a, a cue or... So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you lose that consistency because the sound in each room yeah. is going to be different. The EQ on the board is going to be a little bit different. And uh, it then you, you have a, a library that sounds very out of place.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that That's why, you know, I, I'm... <sighs> I'm very picky about that so i always record everything in the same place and try to record it, even with the same gear you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I i try different mics different because sometimes it's good to change and uh, depending on the instrument uh, some mics work better than some others but well i like to have uh, as you said that kind of consistency you know and I, i'm really extremely picky about that extremely big.
0: So. Yeah. And as an end user, I really appreciate the effort that you put into that because I've purchased libraries where one sound just, you know, there's a hiss in, in one patch and the other one doesn't have it and you can't really blend yeah. them together. Well, it just, it just doesn't work. So for, for me, as somebody who uses your products quite frequently, uh, I know that I can go to your stuff and not have to worry about any of those issues. I can just pull up sounds Manipulate effects, do whatever I want to do with it, but I can, I always have a very solid foundation when I pull up one of your patches, which is why I love your stuff so much.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I, I really appreciate that you tell me that, you know, because sometimes I think, well, maybe I'm extremely picky. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, well, <laughs> you know, but it's never enough. I, 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 one of the reasons, you know, I, I record um, dry is also because of that, you know, because it's the, to me, is the best way to blend with any other, sample area you you can have or to choose the right river and even to pick or to record all the nuances or the every single aspect from from the instrument. so well I think those points are really important yeah the the way to, to be re, everything to be re, has to be recorded in the in the same place and also dry I, I'm really fan a big fan of dry recordings. Mainly for this kind of instrument, I understand that if you record um, maybe um, an orchestra or 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 a choir, maybe you do you, you want uh, to have that whole uh, mics. But for this kind of stuff, to me, dry is uh, the best option. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree with that because it also allows me as a composer, and I mean, you're a composer too, so you know. Uh, it allows me full control over how I want it to sound. Whereas if you've if you've put the patch in and it already has way too much reverb, I can't really. It really limits what I can do with it. And uh, I remember when uh, when it first came out and Dirk did his uh, like marathon four hour walkthrough of it, where he went through every patch and it sounded great. Uh, he did comment on the fact that it was very reverby, and I thought, well, you could turn that off. But I think that for some of this stuff, I would be tempted to use more reverb than. Use it dry because it just they just sound the sounds that you recorded just sound amazing with that reverb that you have in Engine.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Engine has really a really really great reverb included. So, uh, and I'm a huge fan of, of reverb. and I, I know sometimes I can have more than needed, you know. But well, I I, I come from from New Age music, I love New Age music. And you know, it's like a, sometimes it's the ambience you create with the reverb is even more important than the sound. So to me reverb is something very, very important. And and some of these instruments, you know, the river included included in engine is uh, mainly for audition purposes, you know, it's not really to 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 use it as, as it is, you know, but well, I put the river I, I like when I listen to the instrument, you know, it's something I'm i I'm not so picky about that, you know I just put the river uh, as, um, that I like when I listen to this special instrument or, or this specific instrument, but it's just for audition purposes, so yeah you can't turn it off or whatever. but river definitely is something really, really important
0: yeah i I would agree with that, and being a you know a huge new age fan myself, uh one thing that's really uh, key to that is that when sounds are created in this in the song. Uh, you hear the attack of it, but you typically don't hear when the sound ends because it just kind of goes out into the distance and dissipates. It's not like a guitar note where the guitar note just stops and you can you really notice that new age music kind of really just flows a lot more unless it's percussion, obviously
1: yeah, and that's you know uh, uh what I like about my libraries is that or, or not or what I try to do is uh, it's more about the sound again, you know sound. And reverb, is like new age, you know. New age. Uh, it's more about. It's not about music. It is about music, but this is more about the the, the sound, the timbre of the it's timber or the timber of the of the instrument. The, the uh, so it's the, the sound of the instrument, the river you add. That's what I uh, that's what I like to 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 add in my libraries. You know, it's the the sound of the instrument is very important because just one. Sound of the string just transports you uh, to to a different place. So when you add a bit of reverb, it's even better. So well, that's that's what I like, you know, to to think about the sound.
0: Yeah, and and it comes out great. Now you mentioned uh, that it's hard to find people, but how hard is it to find some of these instruments that that you were looking for when you were doing the concept?
1: Well, it's it, it, it's a. Uh... You know if you find the right people, you find the right instruments you know because mm-hmm. they have the instruments so oh,
0: okay yeah. But,
1: yeah so that's why it's so important to 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 hire a, a really good or a skilled uh player you know because a skilled players usually players usually have um good instruments but uh, to me the most important the most imp- or the most difficult point besides finding the the player which which is really really hard is to, to think about the, the instruments because uh, there are so many stuff out there that you really have to choose which ones uh, you want to include in the library or not or mainly how to record them for example with the in dark era to me one of the, the one of my favorite instruments are the, the, the bowed the, the the tile harps you know the, those bowed strings instruments and they are so small so out of tune usually when you are when you see people performing them <laughs> that it's like a, well uh it's a real challenge to to record most of these instruments because okay you can think they are easy because they are small just three strings or but they are really really hard to to sample you know because again it's not uh, performing a melody, it's is sampling them. So they have to behave great when you are playing on the keyboard. Um, well, that's a, a real challenge because, well, I, I love these ancient instruments, but I don't know how exactly most of them uh, really sound or, or really are played. So I, I always try to, to spend time with the player asking him, okay, how this work? What can you do this? What do you well, what do you usually play? Or so trying to figure out how the instrument sound and how can I uh, sample every, every every nuance, you know, every every small detail. So well, it's it's really it's really hard, but at the same time it's a so challenging and <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's it's, it's worth it in the end. It's worth it. It's totally paid off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine that the biggest challenge would be taking some of these instruments, especially uh, more like a wind instrument, and converting it to be playable on a keyboard because that's how most composers write nowadays. Uh, to to get that performance and make it smooth flowing, so that you yeah. can recreate that.
1: Exactly. For example, again with the with the bowed instruments in dark era, you know, just but like. 15 days before releasing the, the library, it was like, oh, okay, the instruments are really good uh, with key switches, you know, uh, because you can really play what you want. But the point is that if if you if if you don't know the instrument beforehand, you won't know how to play it. So I was really thinking for months, you know, for months how to make a playable a playable patch. Uh, and <laughs> I was about to surrender, you know, and say, okay, I have to release, I have to release the library with the key switch mode for this, which is not the best way. It's the best way to, 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 to to compose, you know, but not to play live. So in just 15 days before I, after many, many nights thinking about it, I figured out, figured out how, how to, how to make some playable, uh, patch. And yeah, finally it worked. And well, I was. I was really excited about that because it's so important, you know, it's not, uh, you have to offer something playable, something easy to use, because I, uh, I'm a composer and, and when I load the sample library, I really want inspiration, you know, I don't want to to tweak lots of things or I just want to play mm-hmm. and be inspired.
0: Yeah. And I think with, you know, if you're working with synthesizers and things like that, you're more likely to tweak the sounds. But when you're going for a real natural uh, instrument sound, something that's realistic, you really don't want to tweak it that much. I mean, I think the reverb probably more than anything may be panning and volume, but I really like the, the natural sound unless I'm doing something that's really kind of off the wall. Uh, so it is nice to have patches that you can just pull up and they're playable, saves us a lot of time as composers. Um, but I think that it's it's really interesting, and I, I think as as purchasers we tend not to think about what goes into the products that we work with. And you know, I, like I work with your stuff every day. I work with stuff in contact every day, and I've done sample editing. I know how tedious that can be. Is yeah. the bulk of your time spent editing the samples or recording?
1: Editing, yeah, yeah I I would with think editing, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, well. I, I have to say that I I love um, recording because um, recording is like uh, well, you can feel if things are going good or not. And um, well, it's really stressing sometimes because uh, you never know if you uh, uh, if you took the best out of the player or not or whatever. But but editing is very important because um, well. Uh, and I like to do it by myself, mainly because it's the only way. Because it's the only way to, to really know what's going on. You know, I, I know I know what happened in the recording and what to expect from them. So I take every sample and I know if it's working or not, or, or if it's exactly what I want. So yeah, it's really time-consuming. But I have to say that uh, with time, you know, you, well, it's like playing an instrument. You know, I remember in the beginning when I started. It was really slow. I, I was really slow uh, editing, but now I, I go really, really fast. Well, fast, but but it's time-consuming. It's months of, of work. But well, I, I have to say that in some way I also enjoy it. Enjoy it, you know, because it's um, it's part of my job, and I and I I really like it. The, the point is that you have to be careful not uh, working for a long time, you know, because I have. Health problems in, uh, in in the past, you know, because I, you know, when I do something, it's like I'm so focused on on my my, my work that it's like uh, editing, editing, editing for hours, for days. And uh, well, I was about to, I, I have a really big um, problem in my arm. So from then on, uh, I I always try, I just try to to take it easy and just work like four hours a day. It's, uh, Something like that, yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's a really good point, too. And, and uh, anyone that's in, uh, and, and whether it's animation or sound editing or whatever, that's a problem for us in the industry in general. And I think it's really important that we monitor ourselves. Now, what I started doing was setting an alarm every two hours that I would just yeah. get up and walk around. Because I would have sessions that I would start, say, at 2 in the afternoon. And I might get up and eat or something. But the next thing I know, the sun's coming up. And I've been working for you know sixteen hours, and not realizing yeah. it. And I've I've only gotten up a couple of times. My body hurts. I don't realize it because I'm so focused. We really have to integrate our health into what we do.
1: Yeah, but that, I think it's something you you learn with time, and as long as you as you are turning years, you know it's uh, <laughs> because you you when you when you are young. Your body uh, can stand almost uh, everything, you know, but, well, as time goes by, you know, it's like uh, you, you you start to feel that you cannot be working for a long time or you have to be really, really careful, you know, because it's, uh, yeah, our health, if we lose our health, we have nothing, you know, and if you have a problem, we have a, a problem in our arms or, you know, it's... You cannot work anymore, so it's something really to keep in mind. But yeah, it's uh, that's it's the problem when you are doing something you love, as you said. You can be for hours, hours working, and yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And and of course, you know, when you're working in the studio, you uh, you have other people there, whether it's your musician, your recording engineer, whoever. And but when you're home doing the samples, it's like, I'll see you guys in three months. I'm going to lock myself away and get this done. So, you know, I could see the studio being a little more exciting because you do have a little more human interaction. You're moving around and then you come home and you're like, okay, now it's three months of just being tedious, editing, uh, my arm hurting, not wanting to get out of the chair because it hurts, (laughs) you know, uh, it makes a really big difference in the process. How, how long in general, from the time that you start recording until the time that you are, you call the product done, what's the average time it takes you to do that?
1: Well, it uh, it depends because sometimes uh, it, it's uh, sometimes everything goes very fast. Sometimes it goes really slow because you don't find exactly what you want. So if you get if you get some good recordings, usually everything is fast, you know, because if the recordings are good, everything later on it's really it's really good. When I say good recordings, it's mainly also about the the musician, not about or, only the sound, you know. It's right. It's about the performance and what you were really expecting. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, well, uh, to me, every library is, it's it's about one year.
0: Yeah. That seems about, about it. Yeah. Uh, now you, you said the performance, and this is something that I, I always was curious about. I would imagine the biggest challenge is working with vocalists because the muscles are going to tire out over time. You know, you have to hit each note perfectly, the right vibrato, the right smoothness. Is that usually what takes you the longest?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's uh, usually the most uh, stressing. You know, because every it's usually something happens. You know, because the the singer gets tired and the the mm, uh, the sound is not exactly the same. So you have to be so picky with the with the, with vocal recordings that it's uh, it's pretty stressing about that. You know, because you have to be uh, listening. Or at least this is what I do. Every hour, uh, we go back to some reference we have, so we see that everything, the sound, is exactly the same or almost the same. Or, or so. Well, it's uh, yeah. Usually, I I've I recorded lots of uh, vocal libraries, and sometimes, uh, most of the times, I would say there are some kind of problem. You have to stop the the recording and. Do it in a different day, or uh, because the the human voice is is that, you know, it's uh, yeah. Um, and if you, and again, if you are uh, performing or playing for a track, it doesn't matter if your voice change, if your voice changes a bit. But in a sample library, you know, you can be playing, for example, you are playing a sustained note and a legato note, and the sustained note. Uh, you recorded that, that note on Thursday and the other note on Wednesday, Do you know. But they have to sound the same.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot you can uh, you can get away with as a as a sample library person because you have to give consistency in the performances to the composer. Otherwise, you, they may not be able to use that vocal patch at all if you not everything lines up perfectly.
1: Yeah, that's the point. Uh, and in a vocal library with a maybe 10,000 samples, you know, it's you cannot do it in one day or two days. So it, it's going to take longer. So, uh, yeah, you have to really take care about about that. Yeah, but, well, that's part of the job. I mean, it's uh, the point is to take it easy and try to do uh, things uh, really good. Uh, mainly, to me, one of the secrets is to um, also to... to uh, to talk to the player, in this case, to the, the vocal, the singer, you know, and, uh, because, okay, I, I don't know how to explain that. Um, you have to, I, I love what I do, but, uh, you have to tell them to love what they do, you know, also. So if they are focused on, on the sample library and they, they want to do a good job, uh, it will happen. It's just a matter of time or, so, That's very important, you know. Looks stupid, but I think it's uh, it's really it's really important because in the end, uh, recording a sample library, even if it's just some samples, some notes, it's also there is a lot of soul on on it.
0: Well, I think I think the perception of it as an artist going in for the first time recording a sample library would probably be very much like an actor who doesn't really understand the reality of acting. You know, it looks really good on film, but they don't realize that of the eight hour day, six hours you're going to spend either in a makeup chair or standing around waiting and you might work for two hours. And with a vocalist coming in to do a sample library, that's a very exciting thing. And it's an honor. I mean, a huge honor to say, I want to record your voice. Uh, but the reality of it is, is it's going to be long hours, a lot of repetition. OK, a little more vibrato. OK, a little more vibrato. OK, a little more vibrato. Yeah. And and the reality of the actual event is probably not as glamorous as the idea of going into a studio and having your voice recorded.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the point is that um, uh, you have to think uh, about what you have, what you are going to record every day, because well, there are lots of, you know, lots of high notes that you have to maintain uh, the whole time. And well, it's really, it's it's, I, it's always the same thing, you know. When I record a singer, it's like, well, I, I always ask, are you usually are you trained uh, in singing uh, for a long time, or are you used to to sing for? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm singing in the concert, and uh, well, I, but this is not the same. I always yeah. say the same thing. This is not the same because. Uh, no problem, no problem. But when they start to record the first day, it's like, oh my god,
0: you know, <laughs> <this> is unbelievable. <laughs> and they can't yeah. back out now because you know you've invested so much in them recording even one day. Mm-hmm. That exactly. Now you exactly gotta do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the point, sorry, at the point, yeah, one of the funniest things is also that uh, some of the singers uh, are not used to 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 samplers, you know, right. to to technology. So they really don't know what they are doing. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: I would imagine. And it's really, it's really hard to explain, and you always have to show some example of other, other libraries I recorded before. Right. But in the end, uh, you know, it's like they are, it's like magic. You know, they they say, oh, this is really, it's really paid off in terms of uh, it sounds so good, that it's unbelievable. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and it's you know, it, it's something that to be asked to do that because especially someone with your reputation. It's a huge honor for somebody that has had such a track record to say, I want you to be on my next sample library. That's not, you know, hey, I want you to come in the studio. Can you lay a backing track down for me? Or can you record this song for me? And this is a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, well, it's, uh, uh, um, voices, you know, it's like, um, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but, um, you can find some singers that really, that are really, Great, but uh, I can feel that they won't uh, be good for a sample library you know because um, you know uh, the the voice is uh, endless you have you can do endless things with with your own voice, but when you're recording a sample library and mainly the, the, the way I do it you know that i I really want to focus on on recording legato making making it playable, not really lots of phrases you know i i I really prefer the playable stuff. So uh, I don't know. I don't know why some amazing voices don't sound really good when you um, put everything together, you know, and you start to play them, and some others that you don't expect to be maybe so good in the end, they turn out to be sounding really good. So it's uh, a really big decision, you know, to, to say okay, uh, which voice. Uh, I want to record, or if it's gonna be, uh, because it's something. I, I mean, it's um, it's not only for me for for my job. It's also for 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 the singer, you know, right. for, for for the projection of, of the singer. So it has to be extremely good uh, for our benefit, you know, for for the singer and for me. I mean, it's not if if there is something not good enough, it's better not to publish. I have. Lots of uh, samples uh, that I, I've never used. I recorded and never used because, well, in, in my opinion, they are not good enough. And I'm, you know, you have to be really picky with that. Uh, it's not about recording everything goes, you know. No, it's, you have at least that, that's how I do it. You know, I, I, if I publish something, it's because it's really I, I feel it's really good. You know, yeah. Maybe people won't won't have that feeling, but I have to feel that. You know, I have to. To, to feel that they are really, really good.
0: And this is one of the things that I love about your products is it's, it's when I see something that you've put out, and this was even before we met, I learned this about you, I don't have to worry about the quality of it because of that approach, because that's where your focus is. I don't have to worry that it's not going to be a high-end product. And I can purchase it without even listening to demos. I can just look at the list of instruments and go, yeah, I think this is something I could use in my library. And and be confident that it's going to sound great because I know the quality that you put into your instrument. If it's not going to work, it doesn't go. Yeah. As a user, that's really important to me because I've spent a lot of money on libraries that just, you know, they sounded good in the demos and then you get them and they're not even playable.
1: Yeah, and to me, and to me, that's one of the most important points. You know, some people, as you said, uh, they say, oh, I don't listen to your demos. I don't care about because I just buy them, you know because I know they are going to be good. And to me that's the best thing some uh, people can tell me, you know that's the best thing because I feel that that they really appreciate all the passion and time and <laughs> and, and craziness uh, that is in every sample library. so um, and but at the same time it's uh, it's challenging and and well, Every time I release the sample library, <laughs> I am a bit pickier, you know, right, a bit more yeah. picky because it's, uh, yeah, I have that feeling, that pressure in some way, you know, that I know what people are expecting. And um, well, it's, uh, well, so mm, it's <laughs> that's a really good point. And, and I really want to have uh, the highest quality possible, so uh,
0: Yeah, I could see that being, you know, something that would cause a little feeling of pressure on your end because every new thing you do, you're starting from scratch and you want to make sure it hits that level. But knowing you, though, I kind of think that it isn't as much of an issue because you're just going to naturally hit that level. That's just what you do. And you put out enough things now to where you've gone through the growing pains, you know how to record, you know how to edit, you know what sounds good and what's not going to work when you're In the studio, if you hear them do something, you can tell right away, I can't use that. Yeah. That's the right take. Uh, So I think that that's something that just naturally happens with you. You just, you're not going to do anything that's under that quality. So I wouldn't worry about that, my friend. You've got that part absolutely nailed.
1: Well, it's you know, I always say that if I have a secret, the only secret is that I really love what I do. You know, I'm just recording what I love. So I'm not uh, recording Things for for making money or for or thinking of money. I'm I'm just thinking of what I love. So uh, and to me that's the most important point. And also uh, you know you know better than anyone if something is good or not. You know nobody. I I, I appreciate a bit the, the feedback of some friends or people that I really uh, appreciate or uh, like composers. But in the end it's yourself or it's myself who who is the best uh, judge for your job, you know, it's, uh, it's okay. I really know if it's good or not. I, I don't need anyone to tell me because I, I really know. I really know if it's good yeah. or, or not.
0: Yeah. And then it's just a matter of if it if it touches the composer, if they listen to it and go, yeah, these are sounds that, that with the kind of stuff that I write, I can use. Because, you know, obviously it, you're going to get less composers that do EDM exclusively versus someone who does maybe film scoring. Uh, so the sounds aren't going to be right for every composer, but the quality of them is certainly not even in question. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you too, because I I want to go through a walkthrough of the, the different types of sounds that you have in dark era. But first I just wanted to ask you is, uh, what about percussion is percussion, a challenge to record, uh, especially that initial attack that's going to hit hard and possibly clip the mic, or have you found some really good strategies where you can just walk in, set up and go, all right, let's just start hitting things.
1: I I I lo- I like a lot recording percussion because it's uh, in I think it's one of probably the, the easiest instrument to record uh, you know because it's on to sample I mean because it's uh, it sounds good you know you just have to play and it sounds good it's not like some legato like instrument which could be trickier so you can focus on 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 recording techniques or sound uh, all, all my sample libraries. Um, just have reverb added on the on the engine, but there is no compression uh, in the recording, no EQ, there is nothing. It's just raw recording, just raw recording. And to me, that's the secret and that's the most important point because uh, that's the only way to ensure that the user is going to be able to 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 EQ or to tweak or to change whatever they need. You know. But the point is that when, when you listen to, to most of the demos, most of them are. They don't. They are like raw. You know, they they have nothing. So all the all the layers or the patches you you listen from Dalkera or any other format for libraries, they don't have any compression, any AQ, anything. And and the sound, it's very important. Again, in percussion, it's probably even more important to get that punchy, that uh, the punch, but the attack at the same time. Well, every time I record percussion, I spend. A few time trying different positions, or but it's also, it's about the well, of course, about the mic, the position of the mics, but also about the instruments. You know, it's uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's also, it, it's a lot about the instrument you record as, as well. Sure. So, percussion in this case, you know, I paid the special attention to it because I really wanted to have that, um, primitive, primitive sound, you know, uh, that uh, punch. And at the same time, you know, because in, sometimes with um, when I load some when I use some sample library, uh, the percussion sample libraries that sounds really good, but when I go to mix them uh, with some other sounds, uh, they get lost into the into the mix. And if I try to to turn the volume up, you know, it's too loud, or I just get the the the, the boom, and and but but not the detail. So. In dark hell, I really paid the special attention to that. So do, do you get the 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 punch, the 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 heat of the of the stick on the skin, but you get also that uh, low end uh, sound. I think I did it pretty good. But well, it's uh, I, I'm very, very happy. I'm very satisfied with the with the result. But you know, it, in the end, it's just a matter of te- of taste. There are so many ways to to do things that well, it's uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, and I tried a couple of years ago to sample my drums uh, just to see, you know, kind of understand the process and what really goes into it, because I've edited samples, but I had not recorded uh, samples to make into an instrument. And so I th- I played around with it a little bit. And I'll tell you, man, that is a real challenge, because what I found was everything I did was all attack and no decay. The attack just, yeah. you know, you, it peaked and then you really didn't get the full decay, and I just couldn't find that right balance. But I don't, you know, I don't do this. It's not something I'm skilled in. So I really respect anyone who can pull that off, you know, especially to the level that you have.
1: Well, it's it, it's a matter of trying and um, and testing, you know. There is, I think, there is no other secret about that. But uh, and also, uh, well, knowing how the instrument sounds, you know, so you can. Um, I always say that. Uh, when the player is in the studio uh if I listen to the player uh in the room and I listen to the recordings and if they sound similar or almost the same, the recording is good. you know you have to to recognize the instrument in the recording as well,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that you've blended some really beautiful uh combinations of attack and decay here in dark era because everything sounds rich and full, but if I use a percussive instrument. I'm not clipping. I can still cut through the mix without overpowering it, and I just find it's very, very playable and very easy to mix.
1: Yeah, that's that's the point. You know, I, I, that's one of the main goals in the in when I make the sample Is you know, it's just just doing that way. So well, yeah. you, you never know if. if <laughs> well, the, the, the good point uh, about uh, being a composer is that. Um, uh, I, I, as, as long as I go recording, you know, I I also make some demos just to try the instrument, the beta or the alpha instrument, and uh, and it's a good way, you know, to see if they really work, you know, of, of the, if they really work as a composer, you know, uh, if it's what you are expecting or not. And for example, in the case of of Dark Era, well, I made lots of demos because I was so inspired about the 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 new recordings that. Well, I I think it never happened before, you know, because I usually make some demos, but with Alkera I made lots of demos, you know, because yeah, I I was really inspired with the with the new sounds and excited. So yeah, I think it's that's that's the point, you know, when you are playing a sample library, it's uh, if you start to play and and you don't stop playing the sound, you know, it's because it's good, right? You know, it's yeah. like okay, it well, if you just you start. Exactly, yeah. and you are playing, playing, and, and you don't—you you can't stop. And it's oh my god, you know—that's that's the point.
0: I would imagine about two thirds of the way through editing the samples, you just want to hurry up and be done because you want to start playing with it as an instrument. It's like, can I just finish editing these samples because I have an idea? I want to write it right now, but I can't because it's not done yet.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's you, you know what I do is uh, I have the whole thing, and okay, I, I start editing the main the main things, you know, so. Uh, i i can i ma- i edit them and map them so I can start trying to play them to Not see all, yeah. to figure out how it sounds but in the the you know the worst about uh making some is that you really don't know how it will sound until you have, until you can play it on the keyboard so uh um sometimes you think the recordings are really good and then you play them and it's well i mean yeah the sound is good but maybe my, but maybe the playability is not as good as I would like to, or or the other way round. So you never know. So you know, in the past, I used to um, to be more stressed about this. You know, when I made it, made the recordings, maybe when you bring people from from other countries, you know, which is a lot of money to, to bring them. Uh, right. yeah. So if if you if you want, if, if if something went wrong, just to bring them again, it's uh, it's unbelievable. So so. I used to be really stressed about that in the past but now anymore you know after some bad experiences I said to myself okay I mean it, there is no point you know if something is wrong it's wrong yeah. and we will figure out how to fix it or to record it again or whatever and it is better not to be stressed but yeah it's uh, well it's always uh, for example in Itdarkara um uh, with the, with the uh, bowed instruments, uh, I made different, uh, tests. You know, I recorded some things in the morning, edited the samples in the evening to try, to try if, if this, uh, method was working good or not. And I didn't. So next day, uh, so it's, uh, it's a bit distressing that way, you know, but it's the only way because those instruments are so strange that, well, you record them, try, and, well, it's, uh, yeah, you have to be, well, you have to be ready for stress yeah. in, in recording sampling, in sampling sessions, but, but, well, just the, the right amount of stress.
0: <laughs> well, is, is that, that difference between editing the samples and uh, testing the playability, would you say that's similar to doing a mix of a piece of music and then listening to it on three or four different pairs of speakers and saying, okay, now I know what I have to change? Then you go back to the mix. Then you test it out on speakers again. Is it kind of the same thing? You edit the samples. Then you you test the playability, and then you go, okay, I need to adjust this. So you re-edit and then retest? test
1: I, I think it's a bit more difficult because it's uh, uh, the point. It's not sometimes it's not about it because the recordings are good or not. It's because the way the the, the player uh, did it is good or not. So so. Uh, since you are the producer, and, and the, the, of course the player don't, uh, doesn't know about some some libraries, you know, you have to tell them to, to, to tell them what uh, to do. And um, and so, well, sometimes uh, you have in your head you have it's clear what you want, but there are so many different ways to do it, and and you have to choose the right way. So in this case, uh, we were like three days just to for for, for testing to see which which way. Was the best the best one? So um, it's not the, the recordings were good and the player did it good, but it's what we recorded was was good or, or not uh, in the end to make to make it playable? So um, uh, it's a bit more difficult in that way, you know, because uh, it's not the, you have to to record again right. uh, different techniques or in a different way or telling the player to do this or to do that, trying to figure out how it's gonna work when you are playing in the keyboard so well I, I would say sometimes it's more difficult you know depending on the instruments some I mean that's why percussion is usually is usually uh, easier if you are able to to get a really good sound you know because there is no, no need you know it's just that way of performing there is no other way but with some strange instruments uh, or, or also vocal libraries well there are so many ways to do things. That if you do it wrong, uh, you wasted your time.
0: Well, <laughs> so, yeah, and, then <laughs> and you have, have to do it again. Yeah, and then you have the added pressure of, well, we flew you in from Europe, and you're only here for four days, so we have to get this right in four days, and otherwise you're going to be gone. And if we bring you back, the recording's not going to match up. And you know, this this another pressure because of the schedule. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's exactly, but but you know, it's uh, you have to live with that. Uh, and it's like okay, you have to do it, and you have to, to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like everything in life. If you don't take any risk, there is nothing. So yeah, that's of true. Of course, taking taking risk is failing lots of time. I've failed lots of time, and and I, I, my first sample library, I started working on sample libraries in 2005, and I'm I still failed. When I make some recordings, you know, but I, I I assume that you know because it's part of 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 the job. You know, the, this is like an endless uh, job. You always you are always learning, and and it's the only way.
0: Well, I don't I don't really you know I kind of go back and forth on how I define what a mistake is because to me, if you have attempted something. Uh, if you can, if it doesn't come out the way you want it to, that's okay. If you can learn from it and then avoid that mistake again or maybe the the level of mistake again, I don't necessarily think mistakes are a bad thing at all. I, I think that that's no. a lot of how we learn and how we improve.
1: Yeah, definitely. you know it's like uh, uh, if I uh, if I had to change something from my past, uh, I, I I wouldn't change any of the mistakes, you know because I learned yeah. so much of them so I and as like you said they, they are part of uh, of the road so yeah but that's what i told you that about taking risks you know it's you don't have to be worried about take, taking risks because yeah. uh, you will fail sometimes you will be successful so well that's that's like like
0: like the real life so yeah. yeah and and other than lottery winners who get success from just sitting there you know, you gotta, you gotta get up and do something. But even, I mean, even lottery winners, you're not going to win if you don't get up and you go buy a ticket. So every success comes with some element of effort.
1: Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. There is no, there is nothing by 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 chance. You
0: know. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> before we do the walkthrough of uh, Dark Era, which I'm really excited to talk to you about, uh, I just want to talk to you really quick about Engine. Was Engine your creation?
1: No, Engine is, it's, uh, it's uh, from the service. Um, well, I have to say that I'm really happy with, with Engine uh, because it, it allows me to, to make some scripting without programming, you know. So I it, uh, it's very easy for me because I, I make the recordings and I edit. And once I have everything edited, I can go to Engine and put everything there and, and try and without any programming skills, you know. I, I'm not a programmer. I, I don't know how to script. And uh, engine is really helpful about that. Um, well, the good point is that engine is uh, engine three, which is totally made from scratch. Uh, it's coming really, really soon. Um uh, yeah, so and you know, because one of the uh, of, uh, customers complain, also my complaint is that it's a bit um, outdated in the in the um, how it looks. You know, it, oh, yeah. it's a bit r- retro, I would say. And then the the font is a bit smaller, and well, but that's that's something is gonna change uh, hopefully in a few months okay. um, so i I'm very excited about that
0: well, that's actually something that i I wanted to ask you about because I've talked to other developers about this, and I know that it's been a big complaint with contact is and, and a lot of like uh with uh, uh East-West Play is also this way. The fonts are very small, and the, the uh, screen, the resolution size, could be bigger. But it seems like that's been a problem for every developer across the board.
1: Yeah, the point is that, well, one of the things Engine 3 is going to have is it's a bigger a bigger size. So it's going to be... You can use it in, in 4K. But, well, I always say, I, I know some, some other developers are... Uh, sticking in contact, you know, and don't want to go. And I'm probably a bit scared of changing. But I have to say that, uh, well, to me, my idea as a composer, you know, I am a composer and I really want sounds. I don't, I don't care about the platform. I, I mean, yeah. it's I don't care if it's changing Halion um, or whatever, you know. I just want the sounds. So I really don't understand why some customers are. Uh, so, um, oh, I wanted to call contact or, well, I can, underst- I can understand that maybe you want everything in the same platform because it looks really nice, but in the end, you know, sounds what matters and, and your client is not going to ask you, ah, did you use the uh, engine or contact? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: know, once you have your recording or your album or your film or your soundtrack, you know, you don't see the 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 the... Um, the sample player anymore you just right. listen to the yeah. sound so the music
0: i think it's a little bit of laziness personally I, I you know you get you get really comfortable with what you're working in you know how to tweak it you know how to make it do what you want it to do but you're really limiting yourself to just what that can do if you only work in say contact you know engine has different parameters um there's a lot of similar things that you can do with it so you're not losing anything going from one to another but you know engine works like engine works contact works like contact does Halion. And I think it's just that people get so comfortable with what they're using and they can get up and running quickly. Yeah. They don't want to take the time to learn it. But Engine is not difficult to learn at all. You spend a good five minutes with it and you get it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I think it's probably because uh, many people are scared about changing, but because of the customers, you know, because there are many people out there telling that if it's not contact, they are not going to buy it. Right. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true, you know. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, i if I have to say i have to confess that i i i think that most of the people that complain about uh, engine uh, and i want they say i want to see your libraries in contact it's because they want to you know contact uh, you can get uh, the libraries cracked you know oh yeah i have to i have to say that about engine' is not it's not being cracked yet right so this is a really this is really something important for developers and that's one. Also, one of the reasons I really like to be on Engine, yeah. you know, because it's not it's not being cracked. And, 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 you know, to me, that's one of the most important points. Yeah. So, yeah, it's such a pity that, uh, you know, that many developers do, do well, all, all my contact libraries, in a couple of days, they are everywhere.
0: Well, the other thing, too, and, and I, I love the last update that was done, and I'm really excited to hear about Engine 3, but uh, I've not had any glitches caused by anything I've done in engine whereas in contact and no disrespect to them because they're growing in every direction it's impossible to maintain what they're doing because every developer needs something different and then they build out another section and then they find out that that affected something that they did eight builds ago and now that's a glitch that they have to go back and fix and that is partly because so many people are developing in contact and pushing the limits of what it can do but with Engine, I've never once had anything where a patch didn't come up properly. Uh, I needed to shut it down and reload it because it stopped working. Uh, nothing at all. It's been the, the smoothest Engine I've ever worked with.
1: That's uh, great to know. You know that's what I, I always say. You know, Engine is working really good, so I uh, don't expect to have any problem. Well, the, the good point is that uh, every time I need some new feature that is not included in Engine, uh, best service developed it for me so it's really cool because it's a way to improve uh, engine and at the same time to to test
0: it yeah so
1: um, well
0: that's good but definitely it's, it's
1: it's working really good so i'm expecting that engine 3 the tests that having done so far are really are really good even much much better than the engine 2 so well let's see let's yeah. see because i'm really i'm really excited <laughs> about that
0: excellent well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some more about Dark Era. So, on you've got three sections. You've got instruments, sound design, and voices. And within instruments, you've got percussion, string, and wind, which are obvious. Uh, what is the highlight to you in the percussion section?
1: Well, it's hard to say, you know, because it may, probably the, the skin drum and also the the frame drum, the frame, the square frame drums, are uh, really awesome instruments with lots of different articulations, and I recorded five different uh frame drums uh, like kind of an ensemble so when you put them together, the sound is really powerful and beautiful you know it's uh, so uh, probably all those skin drums are to me are the highlights of the percussion in the in the library because they have that raw sound that ancient sound the the sound of the skin which uh, you can listen to in. Or in any other libraries, you know, because you know that's what I like of ancient instruments. They have something different, you know. They have something that uh, modern instruments don't
0: have. Well, they're they're made individually by hand, as opposed to everything that's just factory produced now. Or so much of it is factory produced, and uh, it's it's hard to find something that's unique and individual nowadays.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, all these instruments are handmade, and also uh, most of the well, all of the um, bowed instruments, the string instruments, and the wind instruments in the library are handmade by the same maker, um, so they have a special character. Uh, well, that's why this is endless. You know, there are so many different um, um, <coughs> different instruments. Every, for example, in the in the in the square frame drums, you know, they are the same instruments but different skin, yeah, different boots and they all sound different. It's just amazing, you know. It's, uh, and so this is endless, endless. There are so many uh, details. And when, when you put all these details together, or you, you mix all these instruments. The sound is really, it is really different. It's so appealing. and um, well, As I told you before, you close your eyes, just listen to a sound, and you can travel to a different age or a different place.
0: Very much so. And in a different atmosphere, you know, you kind of feel like you're in the mountains at some points, or, you know, you're in this just lush field instead of like you and I were at NAM, which is about the noisiest place on earth. And I'm sitting there with the headphones, <laughs> just feeling like I'd been transported to Europe in the 1400s. It was just amazing, but I'm pretty sure it was when you played me the frame drums that I just looked at you and I didn't even know what to say. I was so blown away by the sound of it. It sounded huge and rich. And I I was just immersed in that sound, and I thought, what a beautiful recording you got of those, just fantastic. And then as you played everything else, everything held up to that same standard. It was just I was just I, I was speechless. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> it's it's rare I don't have anything to say, <laughs> you know. Uh, so thank moving, you. Yeah, and and the the strings and the winds obviously are are very very powerful and very playable. I found. Um, but let's talk about the sound design because that I think is, is another space where you really shine is, yeah, you're great at recording the instruments. You're great at making them playable and sound great, but you really get creative on the sound design side. What is it that is kind of like when you're like, okay, I'm going to start working on this. Where, where is it that you start? What are you trying to find in that?
1: Well, uh, this is one of my favorite parts because it's really, it's really creative. um, well, I, I'm not really an expert on sound design, uh, but I really know what I want. So uh, through the years, I've recorded lots of uh, raw material, you know, to manipulate. Uh, well, I have quite a lot of stuff. And, and in, in every different sample library, I record even more stuff or, or re-manipulate. You know, it's like a, a, a changing and changing the, the sound. The point is that well I, I, uh, all all my soundscapes have that uh, like a signature you know they sound they have um, that kind of of similar sound what I really like you know it's uh, to me the um, the point is to, to to have like more than 50% of of natural sound and then 40% or something like that of thin sound you know it's like a, a Because one of the things I started making soundscapes is because when I was playing synthesizers, you know, to me, they were too synthy, you know, too... Right. uh, Which is good, but I was expecting something more natural. So uh, one of the things I really like about making soundscapes is that it's blending the synth sound with the natural sound, but uh, having more natural sound than synthy synthy sound. Do you know what I mean? It's like... uh, Yeah. Well, it's... Well, uh, uh, regarding Sanskrit, it's like, um, it's not really that I know what I want, you know, because I I have an idea, but I really know what I don't want. You know? Right, yeah. So, yeah. Well, when I listen to something, it's like, it's yes or no, you know, if, it, um, uh, yeah, it's something I really like, uh, and I think they are really uh, important in my a, in, in a sample library because, well, you can really make a track. Uh, um, an underground score, for example, or underground music uh, underscore. So um, with, with some just one one soundscape, you know, just changing, moving the, the notes and playing something, you, you can really make a track.
0: Absolutely. And and they're also great for thickening up other tracks. You know, if you have a song and it just sounds a little yeah. bit thin and you need something to, to add to it, uh, they're great for that. And if you balance the volumes and the panning, uh, you can really do they're so versatile, you can do so much with them. And there's some of my favorite things too. in Dark Era, and really all your products, because that's something that you have uh, in, in your different products. And it's it's a welcome addition, because it's not just that you're getting the instruments, but you're getting these wonderful uh, backgrounds, you know, like a, a tint on a canvas that you're going to paint your song on. And I just love the work that you do there. And within the sound design, you've got epic loops, rhythmic pads, and then the soundscapes. And, and uh, they're great. They're very versatile, um, just excellent to work with. And, and even just, you know, sitting there and playing through them, I could get lost for half a day just doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I told you before, you know, it's like, it's so good when you are playing in a sample library and you can't you cannot, you cannot just stop playing, you know, because every sound inspires you to, to make something. Right. So, yeah, that's... That's what I really I really want or is the main goal when i when I create something.
0: yeah, and it, it works beautifully. and then of course the the third section is uh, is voices, and you have a lot of variety within the voices. I mean, you've got shouts, you've got throat singing, um, it, the the versatility, especially as a, as a new age artist for myself. Having that kind of overtone singing, throat singing, that's so powerful to add to a section of music that it can really build that to be so much more epic than it was without it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, I, it took me a long time to find the right singers. Uh, and I didn't want to release the library without the voices because I, I to my, to, to, to me, it was like, okay, if I don't release, if I release the sample library without the voices, then it's. Something very important missing, you know. It's again, as I told you, when I it's, when I think of, for example, it's like thinking of a book or a movie. It's like it's also like a painting, you know. It's like you are painting a landscape, and if the mountains are are missing, you know, it's, the painting is not gonna be good, you, right. you know. Yeah. So I had that, I had that feeling, uh, and I was really really happy with the voices because uh, they are they blend really good with the. With the um, with the character of the library, you know, it's like, for example, uh, when well, they, they are some of them are Mongolian voices. They are not Viking, but in the end, the same, the, the essence is the, sa- is the same. You know, it's a warrior, the powerful voice, so they really blend uh, very good. And that's what uh, many Viking or pagan uh, folk uh, groups use this kind of voices because of that. It's like, for example, in the w- in the wind section, you you can find that they do. You know, is not a Viking instrument, but many, many groups uh, right now that make this kind of music, they use it because of the sound. So the idea of the library, that I told you before, it's like a, a mix between um, um, fantasy and history, you know? Yeah. That, to me, it was, the, the most difficult thing was finding the perfect blend. Right. Right. Um, and voices were definitely very very important
0: yeah and i agree and i think that because they all fit in so well in this one instrument i'm so glad that you included them especially the overtone singing because i don't think that's something i've seen anywhere before i i it probably exists in a library somewhere but i've not seen it so that was a real surprise and i'm really glad you included that
1: yeah yeah it's a uh it's. Uh, I'm. Uh, to me, it's still one of my uh, my favorite parts of the library. Well, it, it's very difficult to say what what's my favorite part <laughs> right, of yeah. Darker because, sure. uh, yeah, I I love everything. So, but yeah, voices is uh, something I really like, Um yeah, yeah, and um, I think pe- people will love what they will find there.
0: I I absolutely agree, and uh, let's talk about the the last one because this is kind of um, an an open title. The uh, Inuit vocal rhythms. Tell us about that.
1: The, the vocal rhythms. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's what uh, you know. It's um, the Inuit, the the Eskimo. I think it's uh, that uh, the right word, the Eskimo, the people from Iceland or the, you know, it's it's that the right word, the Eskimo.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, they have a special. It's like kind of guttural, um, guttural uh singing. And they make they make this kind of rhythms which are really amazing, you know. And, and you know they they sound so barbaric in some ways, yeah. So, so primitive that they fit really good. So what I wanted to do is just to uh, what I, what I did was uh, recording lots of different rhythms and splitting them into specific samples. So all all the rhythms you have are MIDI. You can load uh, you can use them. Or 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 load them from from a, a midi folder included in the library and use them because you can create your own one your your own ones right. which is to me it's, it's really important that again I like phrases but but I'm not a huge fan fan of phrases you know I I like people to be able to do what they want so that's what I are always like to make midi things you know that they sound totally realistic but you can really make and change and do your own stuff, which to me as a composer is something very important. And you can do that with the vocal reading.
0: Yeah, and I like that because I tended to stay away from vocal libraries just because it seems like if you hear a phrase and once somebody's used it, then anything anyone else that does it, it's, oh, that's the thing I heard in this other thing. And it's, it's like you can, whoever, whoever makes it famous gets gets that gets to own that vocal phrase, you know? So I've always kind of stayed away from them, but this stuff is very playable, very versatile. Uh, with with these rhythms, obviously, with the MIDI, you can control it and you can really make it your own. It doesn't sound like a stock thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to me, that's the point. You know, I uh, in, in all my vocal sample libraries, I always record some phrases, but mainly because people, some people like phrases, not because I really like them, but I focus all the 90% of the library in, in making it playable
0: yeah. yeah now before we wrap up uh obviously this is not your first uh vocal or uh, sample library that you've put out you're you're probably i would say most known for forest kingdom and forest kingdom 2 which have just been widely used in film scores and and various things uh the era series you've got uh the medieval legends which is era 2 and then the vocal codex you've got celtic era ancient era persia uh Every one of them, it's just fantastic. The sound quality, I love it. They're so playable. Uh, but then you've also done some other stuff. Like, you've done a lot of accordions. Yeah,
1: because I, I'm an accordion player, you know. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's my main instrument. I, I, I uh, learned uh, to play accordion when I was a kid. and uh, That's why I really wanted to make uh, a playable accordion library, you know, because it's something like I always... Uh, so in all the patches or on many libraries, uh, that the, the, the accordion patches were more like a synth than the real thing. So I, I said to myself, okay, I need to do some some accordion library yeah. just to make it playable, uh, to, to make you know all that, that expression you get with the bellows. And well, that's what one of the reasons I I did it. And, and I played them by myself, which was really a hell, oh, you know, yeah. because just imagine recording it I I don't know if it's about 10,000 samples I think but just imagine uh, every sample pressing the bellow Mm, (laughs) you know yeah I'm moving the yeah mainly in 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 higher uh, velocities you know it's what I I really I really had to do it in different days you know because it was
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I can imagine yeah, yeah, and then you've done some uh, some other vocal libraries. You've got Mystica, which is the female choir. Uh, yeah, Altus, which is the uh, it's it's a Renaissance male singer, and then and and I hope I'm not butchering the name. Is it uh, Kweya? Kweya, yeah, Kawea, Okay, and that's a, an African choir. African choir, yeah, and also Cantus. Yeah, to, to me,
1: I really Cantus and Mystica to me are one of my. Favorite vocal libraries because they are so special, you know. The 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 sound you get in those libraries you cannot find them in in any other because of the of the the, the kind of choir and also the, the way of singing, you know, all those melismas uh, from the medieval style. Uh, so they really sound special.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, the quality of them, of course, is is top notch. Like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's just something if I see Eduardo Terralante, I just know I don't have to worry about, well, maybe this one's not going to be that good because everything you've put out is just fantastic. And I love that there are people that I can trust to that level, whereas on the opposite side, there's companies that I will never purchase anything again from because of the experiences I've seen uh, others yeah. have or that I've had myself. Uh but you're on the other end of the spectrum, the spectrum I like. So thank you for all the effort that you put into that. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I'm gonna have the links uh in the show notes, but obviously uh the main place that you that your products are available are at the best service website, which is www.bestservice.de. and uh our friend will yeah, or, or that,
1: that's that's
0: calm as well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is dot com, okay. Um, yes. yeah. And uh, of course, our friend Wolfgang uh, over there at Best Service is just tremendous to work with. Such a great guy, and uh, he's another one I get to see at at Nam every year. Uh, I can't wait to see what you do next, my friend. I think uh, every year it gets more exciting, and uh, you just push it to another level.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, again the same thing. You know, it's um, I try to do what I love, and I always say to myself, well, maybe people won't be interested at all in this stuff. You know, but I I don't, it's like, I don't care. You know, I just want to do it. And there there will be someone that will like it. So, yeah. Well, the chances are
0: too, if if you enjoy something, I mean, there's what, 9 billion people in the world. If you like something, there's a chance that other people do too.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: You know, it's, you could either just sit there and keep it to yourself or you can put it out there to the world and say, hey, here's something I did. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. But Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, I yep. mean, it's, but it's as a as a composer, you face that same thing. You write a piece of yeah. music, and you're like, I really like this, and you put it out there. I you, mean, maybe you're submitting it for you know a film score or something, or you're just putting it on your SoundCloud. But but you're like, I I enjoyed this, so I'm sure somebody else will. Yeah,
1: I think so. You know, it's uh, that, that to me one of the things. That's one of the secrets. You know, just to do what you what you love, from thinking. About all the noise around, you know. And uh, because if you are listening to everyone or to everything, or uh, in the end, you won't do anything because so just focus on yourself right. and do what you love. And, and then let's see what, what happens. But exactly. at least you will have something really good.
0: I agree. And I think, too, the most important thing is if everything that you create, you're creating from your passion. And not saying, well, I think people will want me to do this or people won't like it unless I put in a commercial hook or something like that. I mean, there are certain writing strategies that I think we have naturally or that we've developed over time. But if you're writing from your heart, that's when the music is going to be the best. That's when it's going to be honest and real and something that people can emotionally connect with as opposed to something that is geared up to be liked. Yeah. Writing it so people will like it. Just write from the heart
1: yeah yeah that's just the point. You have to be honest yeah. with yourself and then the rest will come, but you have to be honest with yourself
0: yeah I think that's why I don't like commercial music so much. I mean it hits on an intellectual level or that, yeah you know yeah, it's catchy and you get it stuck in your head, but I don't find a lot of uh, music that I connect with these days because of that because I think it's it's strategy
1: totally agree yeah you can feel that you know and the more the more you are into something passionate. The more you can feel uh, those fake
0: feelings around. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, yeah. and it comes out in the music for sure. Well, Eduardo, man, thank you so much. I spend so much time working with your stuff, and I know we talk from time to time. But, but you know, when you work with somebody this much, I can't help but to well, thank you because I can't do what I do without you doing what you do.
1: Thank you so much, my friend. Really a huge pleasure, and thanks a lot for thinking of me for your podcast.
0: Absolutely. You take care, and uh, come back and see us again next year with your next one.
1: Yes, yes. Thanks a lot to you, my friend. It's a huge pleasure, and well, uh, see you next time. Yes, I, hope.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> take care, Eduardo, and thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, my friend. Bye.
0: What a cool guy. I mean, just a really cool guy. Honest, humble, really cares about the quality of the product that he puts out, which of course makes it easier for us to, to use, and uh, really, really happy to know him. Uh, it's an honor to have him be someone that I can call my friend, and I really appreciate him coming on the show today. I can't wait to see what he comes up with for next year, and uh, Eduardo, I'll be looking for you at Nam 2020 which will be the next one uh, out in Anaheim. So thank you guys for joining the Haskin cast podcast. Remember to sign up to the Facebook page for an entry into the monthly drawing of a flash drive containing all five mental sauna albums. Uh, we have the artwork done for the addicted album. So that'll be coming out hopefully this summer and I'll see you guys next week with another great guest. Thanks.